When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Friday, November 5th. Michael Beller here with you. Friday means it is gambling day on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. So we're going to get into the remaining games on the slate. With me, as always, is Zach Jackson. Zach, how you doing today? A little shaken by the fact that you just said November 5th and you were right. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I'm I'm good. Let's talk some ball. Yeah, time just flying by here. We're already halfway through this NFL season. Also with us, Vic Tafer. Vic, what's going on? Uh, not much, man. How are you guys doing? We are doing all right, despite the fact that uh, it was an ugly week for us, guys, last week. Ugly, ugly week. Zach, you came in as the weekly champion among the three of us, and you went two and three. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of how we did. <laughs> Vic and I uh, both checking in with one and four weeks, so it uh, it was not pretty, and uh, it's getting it's getting time to get down to brass tacks, guys. We got. Hey, can I? I want to I want to campaign um, politic a little bit here. Yeah. I mean, I made oh, that yes. pick when Dak yes. was in, so I want two and two. I demand. <laughs> who, who do I need to speak to about this? <laughs> um, I, I guess sportsbook operators. Perhaps. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm on. It. I'm on. It. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You. Uh, you did. I. I forgot about that. You had Vikings Cowboys over like 53 and a half, and that was when it sure looked like Dak Prescott was going to be playing in that game. We know he did not. Cowboys still got to win. That was actually my only win was uh, Cowboys <laughs> minus two that I also made with Dak in mind, and then that didn't happen. I was like, well, zero and five. I guess here we. You know, I already knew I lost the first four, and then Sunday Night Football. Here we go, zero and five. But Cooper Rush, Amari Cooper. Those guys coming through for me and uh, getting me the one win. So it was ugly, guys. It was ugly for us last week. Let's turn things around here in week nine. And we're going to actually just try, try to completely change up our fortunes. And we're going to do that by forget about going over every single game. We're not going over every single game anymore. We're just focusing on our five. That was what the problem was. We were putting too much time into the games yes. that we weren't actually picking. Now we're just going to focus on our five favorites, and that is what we're going to do right here on this episode. That's going to help us turn around. And what better way to focus on our five favorites, you guys, than with one pick that we all like. Among our five faves, we have one consensus pick. It is the Chargers, minus one and a half at the Eagles. Zach, get us started here on why we like the Chargers. Well, now I don't like it if we all three do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we've been Chargers believers, I think, going back to the summer. I, I was leading that parade. I think they've hit a little bit of a rough spot. You have a young quarterback. You have a young head coach. That's going to happen. I think they're just a much better team than the Eagles. And I, I think now, with, with last week losing at home, you know, refocus. It's time to get to it. Uh, obviously, the, NS, the AFC West, excuse me, is wide open. Yeah. And I just look for a bounce-back effort. You know, I, I don't – I think the, the Chargers – are a good team it's going to get better i just don't think the eagles are a good team i think that the the pass game of the chargers and the chargers defense should both be better than what the eagles should do and we're only laying what one one and a half here one and a half yeah. i like the chargers by a touchdown yeah one and a half at bet mgm vic anything you want to add on our amazing chargers pick 
Yeah, I think you know Luster obviously is off. Uh, Herbert a little bit is off two uh, rough weeks, but I think this is a good spot for him. The Eagles blitz a lot. He's done really well against blitzes. I think uh, like like Zach said, the Eagles are probably a little overrated in the bookmakers' minds. I'm not sure why they love him so much, but I have mean, a huge win last week. But that was against the Lions, so I can't really give him too much credit for that. But uh, I think like like Zach said, I think it's a good spot for him. If they if they are in fact a good team, we'll find out. If they're not, they're going to lose this game, and we'll all be wrong. But uh, I like, I like, I'm confident. I think we're all going to turn this whole thing around, starting with, with this game. And if you've lost money back in our picks, then get some more and put it all on this one. This is the big one. Like, this is, a, this is really the one where we're going to prove you uh, right for listening to us in the first place. I am uh, not going to endorse a consensus pick among three guys who have gone nine games no, under 500. No, nine games under 500 as a group to this point of the season on this show. But. I, do, I like the Chargers for all the reasons you guys said and uh, the fact that, you know, the one thing that I like to look for is can Team X take advantage of Team Y's weaknesses? The Chargers' biggest weakness we know is their rush defense, and I'm not sure the Eagles can take full advantage of that, notwithstanding what we saw last week from Boston Scott and uh, Jordan Howard and Kenneth Gainwell in garbage time. I just don't think that that's quite the same thing as going up against the Lions, what they're going to see this week. And so I think that the the, the Chargers' biggest weakness is almost, uh, I don't want to say irrelevant, but it doesn't have quite as much to do with this game as it's had to do with you know the, some of the more recent games. We saw the Chargers uh, get run all over by Damian Harris last week, go back to before their bye. Ravens ran all over them. Like Those were teams that were very well-equipped to take advantage of the weak Chargers run defense. I don't think the Eagles quite get there. And then on the other side of it, a pretty good pass defense that the Chargers have. So I think that this is a nice matchup for the Chargers defense, a good bounce back spot, as you guys have said, for the Chargers offense as well. So that's our consensus pick for the week. Chargers minus one and a half against the Eagles. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put this one out on the, on the internet too, guys. I'm going to cut the video after we tape this. This is going to be out there, so we better be right because this one is going to be out there for hey, everyone this, to see. This is it. This is the, <laughs> lo- the lock of the year. The lock of the year. Chargers minus one and a half at the Eagles. Uh, let's get going to pick number two for each of us, and we'll just knock these all back and forth. So, uh, Vic, going to go to you for your second pick, and it is actually the team. That's Zach Covers. The Bengals are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Browns. Let's hear your pick on this one. Much like the uh, the Chargers, I think the Bengals bounce back this week. I think they're a better team than the Browns. I think they're healthier than the Browns. And so for those reasons, I'm taking the Bengals. Yeah, um, I, I can I can understand that. The Browns are kind of a mess right now. So are they going to be galvanized by all this OBJ stuff? Yeah, that they might be. Uh, for as poorly as they played the last month, they're right in it. But their past game stinks. Um, Bengals are at home. They need this one. Last week was the ultimate hangover spot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just say if you like this one, and, and I kind of leave I'm with you, Vic. You know, early in the week it was two and a half, three everywhere. I saw Bengals minus one this morning, and then on a different site I saw two and a half, which is our MGM line. So, mm-hmm. uh, shop it around if you like it. It's not going to make my top fives, but if we were running the whole thing down, Vic, I'd be with you on this one because I just think the Bengals are better than the Browns in most areas right now. And although I don't think the Browns should be fully dismissed because they're still a talented team, mm-hmm. nothing they've put out there recently, you know, indicates that they're going to go score a road division win. 
Yeah, the the fact that this one, I, I want to say it opened at three, and so seeing it drop beneath a field goal is a, a little worrisome for me because the Bengals would be my lean as well. But yeah, it just it's hard to look at these two teams as they're constructed right now and everything the Browns are going through and not say that the Bengals are the better team. For my next pick, I'm going to go to uh, the Texans and the Dolphins. Texans are five-and-a-half-point dogs in Miami. I love the Texans in this spot, you guys. I wrote about this early in the week when it was plus seven-and-a-half, and I said this is all based on the fact that Terod Taylor almost certainly going to be back for the Texans. A couple days later, it dropped to six and a half. Then we get the official word, Terod is going to be back, and now it is all the way down at five and a half. And with Tyrod Taylor, there's just no way that there is this big a gap between these two teams. This is a competent offense with Terod Taylor. Is it a good offense? Eh, I don't think so, but they're competent. They can do things. They can move the ball. We saw it in week one when they beat the Jaguars 37-21. to We saw it in the first half of week two when they went into halftime, tied at 14 against the Browns, and then that was when Taylor had to leave. Davis Mills came in. The Browns ended up winning that game 31-21, and it's been the Davis Mills show ever since. So in three halves of football, Tyrod Taylor and the Houston offense has looked pretty good, I and mean, they really have done more than what was expected of them coming into the season. So there's just no way that this is a five and a half point difference. Hopefully you were able to get it earlier in the week when it was at six and a half or seven and a half, but still at five and a half, there's no way that the one and seven, nearly 0 and eight Dolphins should be laying that many points against anyone, even these Houston Texans. So that is where I'm going with pick number two, Texans plus five and a half at the Dolphins. Monday night football, you guys, Steelers and Bears. Not exactly the shiniest Monday night game, but Zach, take us there for your second pick. What do you got in this one? Yeah, you know, last week I was screaming pick of the year, I think, (laughs) uh, to borrow Vic's line. It was under on Steelers and Browns, and my gosh, was was I right about that because it's ugly. The Steelers have a high school offense. Um, (laughs) They have a grandfather at quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. But they really, you know, they don't want to go down the field much. They want Mm -hmm. to feed the rookie in any way they can. Their line is playing better. And they have one of the top defenses in the league. You know, they they're it's not like they're indestructible, but they just build everything they do, guys, around this style of game. And here comes a rookie quarterback on national TV into Heinz Field, you know, in November, potential the weather stinks. Like the Bears don't score. The Steelers don't even try to score. They try <laughs> to beat you 17-15 or 15-10 like last week. So it's always a root canal rooting for an under 40, but I, I think the Steelers barely get to 20 themselves, and I think they win the game. That's where the Bears have been living. The Bears have been living in the 13 to 17 point range scored this season, and I don't see any reason why that changes in this matchup either. I personally stay away from it because, as you said, Zach, Root Canal rooting for an under 40, all it takes is a defensive score or one big play. And, you know, these teams do have some playmakers, especially on the Steelers' side of the thing, of the uh, equation, but uh, it's one that uh, does feel like they deserve at least having a total this low. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Next up, we've got a head-to-head matchup between you two guys, and we find it in 49ers and Cardinals. The uh, 49ers are one-point dogs at home against the Cardinals. Vic, let's hear your side, and then Zach, the rebuttal. 
Well, uh, my side is that the uh, the Niners beat the Bears last week, so that was uh, pretty pretty impressive. I mean, obviously not really, but um, I think I watched that game. It was the only game on TV up in the Bay Area, so I had to, I was forced to watch that game. <laughs> and I think they got some of their swagger back, and they had some before the year started. I think they got some guys coming back now. They were able to run the ball. Jimmy G played pretty well, so I think they're actually in a good good mindset. I think the Cardinals are beat up. Uh, obviously, they lost AJ Watt two weeks ago. It's a big loss, but I think they have other injuries now. I think it's a good spot for the Niners at home just to win the game. You know, I'll never take a quarterback who's already been decided he's not good enough, and that's what the Niners have been, you know, have long decided on Jimmy G. But the Cardinals get a little bit of extra rest. You know, they were due for a little bit of crash back to reality, and they still should have won that game last week. So uh, I think they'll be faster. That's what they're built upon. I think they'll clean some things up, you know, with the extra rest. They know they can beat the Niners. They need this game to get back on track. It's going to be a sprint to the top seat. And are the Cardinals good enough to do that? We'll see. I, they think they are, and they're certainly better than the 49ers. Good enough to win on the road here this weekend. Razor-thin margins for the Cardinals and the Rams, right? I mean, one of those teams might be the one seed getting the only buy in the NFC, and the other team will be the five seed having to go on the road to play the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the Packers. I mean, that is the most important division race in all of football is the NFC West. There is a major difference between winning that division and losing that division, so you can't let the winnable game slip away. The Cardinals definitely have one this week. I was tempted to join Zach on this one and go Cardinals minus one and just get the whole Cardinals fan club together uh, on this one, but uh, ultimately, I end up staying away. Uh, Zach, really quick, just to follow up, uh, we, we know that you know, Kyler Murray dealing with a little bit of an injury, DeAndre Hopkins dealing with a little bit of an injury, A.J. Green in COVID protocol, no concerns there yet? No, they still have Christian Kirk. They still have Rondale Moore. I, I mean, you know, Kyler and, and DeAndre, they're used to this, right? So uh, they're they're going to play through it. And, and like I said, I, I just I like the teams off the extra rest, mm-hmm. and I just like the Cardinals' sense of urgency. I, I think that they can just flat out score more points than the 49ers need to in this game. All right, let's go to my third pick. It is the biggest spread on the board this week. Bills are 14.5-point uh, favorites at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me the Bills, you guys. We've seen the Bills be very comfortable with spreads like this. The Bills have played one, two, three, four games against teams that we would all say, no doubt about it, head and shoulders better than, and these teams are not at all playoff contenders. It's their two games against the Dolphins, division games that they've already played. When week three, they played the Washington football team. In week four, they played the Texans. Uh, Week two against the Dolphins, 35-0. Week three against Washington, 43-21. Week four against Houston, 40-0. Last week against Miami, 26-11. This is a team that has shown us time and time again that when they have the opportunity to play against a team that is much, much, much worse than they are, they take care of business and they don't really let up at all. And so that's what I think they do again in this game against the Jaguars. And it's, you know, the Bills are the rare team that because of their style of offense, because of what Brian Dable asks of them, they're not going to be this team that gets a three-score lead and then just hands it off to Zach Moss 14 times in the second half. That's just not what they do. That's temperamentally not what this team is. And so that's why I like them to be able to stay comfortably ahead of that pace and really slam the back door that we feel like is always open. Once we get above 14 points, I think they can keep that door totally shut to the Jaguars and Ugh, what a pathetic performance the Jaguars are coming off of in Seattle a week ago. You guys probably remember that was one that I loved. Jaguars plus three and a half, and uh, it didn't work out for me, so I'm just going back at them, partially out of spite, but mostly because I just think the uh, the Bills are the right play here. 
that was because of Geno Smith. Got to give Geno some credit. Yeah, Geno was, Gino was dealing. You can't you can't factor that in. I can't blame G- yourself for that one. I mean, Geno was dealing a couple of big plays downfield to Tyler Lockett. That uh, second touchdown throw to DK was a really really nice throw. Definitely credit where credits due, and also shows you uh, if Geno was able to do that against this Jacksonville defense. Just dream up what Josh Allen is going to be able to do in this game against the Jaguars. Loving the Bills, minus 14 and a half. Pick number four for each of us. Vic, we uh, know one of the biggest, in fact, probably the biggest uh, NFL on-field story right now. Aaron Rodgers not going to be playing this week, potentially next week. And this went from this went from a pick before the Aaron Rodgers COVID announcement to Chiefs minus six and a half. It is now up to Chiefs minus seven on BetMGM. And you still like the Chiefs. I'm going to lay 14. I get 14. I'm going to lay a lot. I mean, uh, Jordan Love, I mean, obviously the Packers did a great job last week. They didn't have any receivers, and they won that game last week. But now, without Aaron Rodgers, I think um, if they had any faith in Jordan Love, they probably handled things differently last offseason, but clearly they don't. They realize they made a mistake. I don't think Jordan Love is going to be anything to worry about as far as um, the Chiefs winning that game, winning it pretty easily. The offense starting to get a little more in sync. The running game came out a little bit last week even though they struggle against the Giants. But I think the Chiefs, uh, they get a break here, they take advantage of it, and they win this one pretty comfortably. Seven is a little rich for my blood, even though I understand why this uh, is up to seven. I feel like it should be up to – it's a totally a fair line. It's just one that's easy for me to stay away from. Zach, any thoughts on this game in particular, Chiefs and Packers? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of liked the Chiefs before this news. Um mm-hmm. Jordan Love in Arrowhead. Like, I'm with you, Vic. Now, <laughs> uh, I, I've seen some seven and a halves on this game, and, and yeah. that could come into play. The only reason I didn't like the under is is I think Pat Mahomes is due to get hot, right? And I think Love might set him up with some short fields. So, uh, Vic, this just missed my list, but uh, I'm with you on this one, and, and I'll probably be on it by the time Sunday morning. Or I think it's a, this is the 425 special, right? This is, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, so yep. people will be watching, and we'll so. see. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman going to try to make uh, things sound like uh, all hunky-dory, even though uh, no Aaron Rodgers is going to sell this one. The Jordan Love-Patrick Mahomes matchup rather than the Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes matchup. My next pick, you guys, Vikings and Ravens. I think they go over to the 49 and a half. We've rarely seen two stinkers in a row from this Vikings offense as constructed. We've seen plenty of stinkers from them. We know that's just sort of the price of doing business with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. But rarely do we see back-to-back bad offensive games from this team. It just it just doesn't happen very often. They have too much talent uh, in the skill positions with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. And Kirk Cousins, for all of his failings, is still a relatively um, efficient, accurate quarterback who hits on a lot of deep shots. And so I just think that this is a really nice bounce-back spot for them against a Ravens team that can be susceptible to the big play deep downfield. On the other side, I think the Ravens are starting to get that offense clicking the way that we want. Um, you know, Marquise Brown uh, really having a bounce back season. Rashad Bateman, the way they've been able to get him in the fold. Now I think we see that take off after uh, that with them coming off their bye and the fact that they are coming off the bye. I think has them in a good position to put up some points here. So not a huge feel for me on the line. This is sitting at Ravens minus six now on BetMGM. It was at five and a half for most of the week. It's bumped up a little bit to six. Don't love either side of that. 
I do think both teams end up scoring in this one. So I'll go Ravens and Vikings get over the 49 and a half and ultimately play, I think, one of the more fun games of week nine. Zach, let's get to your fourth pick. Aaron Rodgers, of course, not the only superstar who is not going to be playing this week. Derrick Henry also out not only this week, but likely for the rest of the regular season for the Titans. Takes a little bit of the luster out of the Sunday night matchup between the Rams and the Titans. Rams are seven and a half point favorites. What do you got here and why do you got it? I think Matthew Stafford's hot, right? Um, I think that they're going to score a bunch. So looking at Rams team total, I'm looking at the game over. But I just think the Rams win comfortably. Uh, I think the Titans have played over their head to an extent. I don't think defensively uh, they're built to te- to to play with a pass first team that's that's really rolling, and that that's what the Rams are. So uh, they let up early last week, right? And the Texans came back and got the back door, depending on what the line is. I don't think that'll mm-hmm. be the case here. I think Cooper Cup will keep on doing what he's been doing. I think Robert Woods will keep on doing what he's been doing. And I think that the Rams are going to score 31-38 and cover this number easily. An interesting game to, lo- to watch from Tennessee's side uh, on offense. We know that that team has lived with Derrick Henry. We know one of the big reasons Ryan Tannehill's been so efficient in his time as Tennessee starter is because of what he's got behind him in King Henry. So it'll be interesting to see not only the mix between Jeremy McNichols and Adrian Peterson, but just how much they get more things happening deep down the field. Julio Jones has practiced a couple days in a row, so it sounds like he won't even be on the injury report come this weekend. They're going to have to make some things happen down the field. I think they would have to even with Derrick Henry uh, with the Rams offense on the other side. But it'll be interesting to see how they design things to happen for that offense without Derrick Henry. Last pick up here, you guys. I'll go first. I'll uh, take my fifth pick uh, first for us. I'm going to go to an over now after going Vikings-Ravens over. Or excuse me, I'm going to under. Vikings-Ravens over. Broncos-Cowboys go under 49 and a half. I like this for a number of reasons, you guys. Number one, Dak Prescott sounds like he's going to be able to play this week, but coming back from an injury in a game where the Cowboys are 10-point favorites. Sounds like the sort of formula where you don't ask too much out of your superstar quarterback. You definitely don't want him to get hurt. You're winning the NFC East. You could maybe be the top seed in the NFC. This has the feeling of the Cowboys going into this and being like, you know, let's just win this game like 23-10. to 10. Let's just take it easy. Let's not put Dak in any precarious positions. Let's get in. Let's get the win. Let's get out. We also have word that um, C.D. Lamb is dealing now with a sprained ankle that he suffered in practice on Wednesday. So no word as to his playing status just yet. But if he does play, sounds like he will be at less than 100%. Amari Cooper has been at less than 100% since the summer. Michael Gallup most likely not ready to return. On Denver's side, you got a team that wants to run the ball, that wants to get 20-plus touches from Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon combined. Two good defenses. Dallas's defense better than we expected, and I think even better than they're getting credit for at this point of the season. It just all adds up to a game where both teams are trying to win this one by scoring 20 or 23 points. And so I think it stays under that 49 and a half. Dak is always live to blow that up in my face, but I just don't think the Cowboys are going to ask that of him in his first game back from injury. I like this one staying under 49 and a half points. Zach, how about you take your fifth pick up here next? Uh, you also have an under to wrap us up, this one coming out of the NFC South. Yeah, the Saints have been an under team, and I know Brady rallied last week to to blow that up, but you know the quarterback situation is back a mess. They, they trust their defense. They trust their formula. The Falcons on the other side, no Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know Kyle Pitts crashed back to earth last week, and he's an incredible player, but that's going to happen to a rookie. You know, I, I just, again, I hate this, but... I think I heard it last weekend, 60-some percent of, of the uh, totals, 45 or less, were going under. 
It's because the odds makers are spotting bad ball, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I just like these defenses here. I, I, I don't think the Falcons can get over 16 points. So 41 and a half, probably a sweat, probably mm-hmm. a winner. Almost always a sweat when you're talking about a total that low but certainly we will see uh, we like the tape just like we're, we got so many like rarely do we get to learn to have these things in front of us in week nine but we got a Titans team that's probably going to win its division and we're going to see what they do without Derrick Henry we've got a Saints team that is sort of on an island in the NFC obviously not one of the top heavy teams but maybe separating itself from the huge morass behind it and now we're going to see what they've got in Taysom Hill as their starting quarterback so some lessons to be learned with some likely or potentially playoff bound teams here in week nine Vic let's wrap up the show here Panthers and Patriots is where we find your last pick Patriots going to Carolina as three and a half point favorites what do you got on this one I was gonna say I like both you guys picks better than mine here so I kind of want to switch to one of you guys picks but I'm taking the Panthers and the points uh, my logic is thus I think that Stefan Gilmore should have more of an impact now he's going to come on it really helps their defense they have a great pass rush I think it's a good spot for him the Patriots coming off a big win in LA now they travel again to Carolina um I like the three and a half points. I would say I'm a sucker for the hook. So, but I do like your guys' bets better than mine. So, but I'm with the Panthers plus three and a half is my my last five star pick. Yeah, it's an important game for the Panthers, right? Playing at home, it feels winnable, even though they're three and a half point dogs. And again, we've got that huge glut of teams in the NFC. One of them, you know, one of Carolina or Minnesota or Philly is making the playoffs. Atlanta, like we got this whole group of teams that. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like playoff teams, but one of them's getting in. This is an important spot for the Panthers, certainly. And so that's going to be the pick that wraps us up on the new look TAFFP on Fridays. Panthers plus three and a half against the Patriots. Let's do it, guys. This is our week. Last week, four and <laughs> 11, right? That, that math is right. Four and 11, maybe four, four and 11, four and 10 with an asterisk on Zach's uh, Cowboys Vikings total. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's turn that. Let's turn that number around. Eleven and four this week. What do you say? Uh, I'm saying twelve and three. Twelve and three. I feel twelve and three coming on. All right. I love it, guys. I love it. Hopefully, all you out there love it as well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. For Zach, for Vic, I'm Michael Beller. Have a great weekend. Happy betting.